No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we continue studying the law given to Moses as we look at moral and humanitarian laws and laws concerning worship. It's all part of knowing and understanding the righteousness of God. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. It is good for us to have certain baseline truths that we hold fast to in any situation. One of these is that God is gracious. And because he is gracious, he wants us to be gracious to others. He wants us to treat others the way he treats them, which is to look after their best interests. It is in this spirit that the Lord gave Moses moral and humanitarian laws. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 22, verse 16. If a man entices a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall surely pay the bride price for her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money according to the bride price of virgins. Young men seducing young women has been going on a long, long time. But in God's view, once he had sexual relations with her, he essentially agreed to marry her. The reason for this is obvious. Seduction leads to reproduction, and God wants the stability of a father and mother who are committed to each other as the environment in which to raise their children. Therefore, if he seduced her, then he would have to pay the dowry or the bride price to her father, and she would become his wife. Now the father could refuse to give her, but you still had to pay the current bride price. That was the risk you took by jumping the gun and not doing it the right way. In addition, you could never divorce her. In Deuteronomy 22, 28, it says, if a man finds a young woman who is a virgin who is not betrothed, that is legally engaged to someone else, and he seizes her and lies with her, and they are found out, Then the man who lay with her shall give to the young woman's father 50 shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife because he has humbled her. He shall not be permitted to divorce her all his days. You see, he stole the jewel of her purity. Therefore, he could not ever let her go. While Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce to his wife if he found some uncleanness in her, The man who engaged in premarital sex was denied this right. It is interesting that modern studies have shown that couples who are sexually involved before marriage are more likely to get divorced than couples who wait. God knows that a man who is too quick to jump in the sack will be just as quick to jump out of the relationship. Therefore, the man who committed fornication was bound to his wife for life. Verse 18, you shall not permit a sorceress to live. Witchcraft or sorcery was a capital offense. The reason is that the sorcerer and the sorceress are in league with demons. Leviticus 20.27 says that a man or a woman who is a medium or who has familiar spirits shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones 
their blood shall be upon them. Familiar spirits in the Bible are demons. And when people hear voices telling them to do things or giving them special insight, sometimes it's because they are under the influence of or even having relations with demonic spirits. Those who were directly involved in these kinds of occult practices were to be put to death because they were giving Satan an open invitation to destroy lives, including their own. Because the nations of Canaan regularly practiced these things, God was driving them out before Israel. Verse 19, whoever lies with an animal shall surely be put to death. Bestiality was practiced as part of pagan worship rituals. These detestable and unclean practices degrade human sexuality, which is a precious gift from God. God also knows that our bodies were simply not designed to be used this way. I remember in the 1980s when AIDS first came on the scene. The news reported that they had traced its origin to a man in Africa who had sexual relations with a monkey. Of course, you don't hear that anymore. But the truth is that when a person engages in such debasing and unclean practices, the body simply cannot handle it and the diseases incurred can spread like wildfire. Verse 20, he who sacrifices to any God except the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Idolatry was a capital offense. Now we come to humanitarian laws. God cares for all humanity and especially for those who are often mistreated or overlooked in society. Verse 21, you shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. God has special concern for the stranger or foreigner because they are often mistreated by prejudice, oppression, or neglect. In fact, the Lord loves them. Deuteronomy 10.18 says he administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You know, we just can't judge them and love them at the same time. The Lord loves the stranger, the foreigner, the refugee. Why? Because they're often overlooked and not cared for. God reminded them that they were strangers in Egypt, and it's helpful to put ourselves in the place of others so that we will do for them as we would want them to do for us. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way and they cry at all to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will become hot, and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. Again, widows and orphans are often oppressed, neglected, or exploited. God is pleased to take up their cause as his own. Psalm 68.5 says, A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. Just because we can't see him and he's up in heaven doesn't mean that he won't get directly involved. God says, if you afflict them in any way, then 
they will cry out to me and I will be burning with anger. I will kill you with the sword so that your wives are widows and your children are fatherless. God simply doesn't mess around with this. Now, James tells us pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I like what F.B. Meyer writes. He says that caring for widows and orphans is as dear to God as the unspotted purity of the holy soul. Verse 25. If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like a money lender to him. You shall not charge him interest. God also looks after the poor. He devised a good welfare system. In Israel, people were prohibited from charging interest on their loans to their fellow Hebrews. Moreover, in Deuteronomy 15, God expressly commanded them to freely lend to their brethren. We may think that this doesn't make good business sense, but Proverbs 19.17 says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So, you know, God's not going to be a debtor to anybody. So if we lend to the poor, then God will pay us back accordingly. God also promised them that he would bless them in everything that they did. Therefore, it really is good business sense to freely lend to the poor. Jesus said in Luke 6.30, give to everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away your goods do not ask them back. I admit, sometimes that's tough. You know, I'll give something to somebody thinking that it's a loan, but I have found it's better in my own mind just to give it as a gift. And if they pay it back, great, but I don't expect them to, you see. That way they're off the hook and I'm off the hook of holding it against them. God went on to tell Moses, if you ever take your neighbor's garment as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is his only covering. It is his garment for his skin. What will he sleep in? And it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear for I am gracious. There it is. I love that. I am gracious. Receiving something as collateral to secure a loan is a common practice. Always has been. But God says if you take a poor person's outer garment as a pledge, then make sure you give it back to him at night. For he will get cold and then cry out to me, and I will hear, for I am gracious. This is the fundamental principle behind God's commandments to care for strangers, widows, orphans, and the poor. He is gracious, and we ought to be gracious in the same way. Verse 28, you shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. The Hebrew word for God is Elohim. And it is also the word that is translated judges in other places in the law. This expresses the importance that God places on judges who really act in his place and who have been given great authority over others. Therefore, in this verse, it is just as proper to say, you shall not revile your judges nor curse a ruler of your people. They were to respect their judges and rulers, even as they would respect God. According to Romans 13, these governmental authorities are ordained by God. And if we curse a leader, we are in danger of cursing the God who has established the authority of human government. 
verse 29. You shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. Likewise, you shall do with your oxen and your sheep. It shall be with its mother seven days on the eighth day. You shall give it to me. God did not want them delaying their offerings. Now, the first fruits of their produce belong to the Lord. And the firstborn of their sons belong to the Lord. And the firstborn of their animals belong to the Lord. And for their sons, they had to redeem them. They had to pay the, the money uh, to the Lord to buy them back. But God said, don't delay in giving me what is my due. It's not up for you to decide when it's to happen. In fact, the Lord said, okay, don't delay it because when your oxen or sheep give birth and it shall be with the mother seven days, but on the eighth day, you shall give it to me. And you shall be holy men to me. You shall not eat meat torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. The idea is, is that if we are holy, we are holy to the Lord. And we are to consider that our lives are to be given over to the Lord. He's bought us with the price. We are not our own. We're to honor the Lord in our body and spirit, which belong to the Lord. Therefore, we should not defile ourselves with that which is unclean. And for us, that may not be what we put in our mouth, but what we put in our minds. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. Next time, we'll continue our study of the Mosaic Law by looking at acts of love and justice and God's law concerning Sabbaths. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Exodus on Simply the Bible. 